Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers have another potential trade target. Uh, we got more details about the interesting game uh, the other night against the Pacers and specifically the last five-ish minutes of it. And LeBron caught Steph after a comeback. Not sure when we've seen that before. We'll start with trade rumors because talking about the Lakers' actual basketball situation is kind of depressing. So uh, according to Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, the Lakers have reached out to the Kings about Harrison Barnes. Uh, this is how he phrased it. The Lakers have explored several trades ahead of the February 10 uh, trade deadline. Sources indicate they have looked at players like Ben Simmons, Jeremy Grant, Miles Turner, and Harrison Barnes, among others. So this list is kind of extensive, and, you know, it it, it makes sense. Uh, the Lakers so far this season have been pretty disappointing. A significant reason why, and if you want a further breakdown of, of the reasons why I and Harrison think uh, the Lakers have... Uh, gotten to the point that they are they are right now. He and I power ranked the uh, blame, I guess pie. <laughs> we we put together a list of the people who we think uh, deserve the most blame. And uh, look, this roster construction, the way that they went about putting it together, is pretty high up on that list in terms of reasons why the Lakers are where they are right now. And if they weren't doing due diligence across the league, then <laughs> it'd be time to throw things. All this said, I think to a certain extent, when you are calling the entire league and offering the same set of assets, right? The same trade package where it's Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and maybe a first. And that is the conversation starter and conversation conversation ender I think it gets really difficult to convince some team to take that trade package. So even if I think everybody is a little too low on Taylor Horton Tucker right now as a potential prospect, uh, just given the success that all of the Lakers prospects have had across the league. Um, and I also think everybody is a little too low on that 2027 first, uh, which I get why, you know, if you're an executive and you're trading for an asset, that might not convey for five years. And given the way that some of these guys, you know, move around and jump around the league and stuff, there's no way to know that the pick that you are getting for, uh, in, in some of these cases, some, you know, legit good players. Why would you do that? If you don't know that you're going to be able to last long enough to actually put that, that pick to use. So, you know, while again, I think some of the conversation about Taylor Horton Tucker has gotten a little wacky. And while I think if you're just looking at the 2027 first as an asset, uh, that I think it's one of the higher upside assets across the entire league. But if, if that is how you're approaching this, and that's the way that the Lakers keep having to sell this to various teams over and over and over again, it just eventually becomes really difficult to get people to continue to pay attention. You know, it, it's, I used to trade baseball cards back in the day. And um, I went through a weird, like, Andre Scalaraga phase. And for whatever reason, uh, I was really interested in, in, in Andre Scalaraga. And 
eventually you come to realize, all right, yeah, this guy's probably not a Hall of Famer. Maybe I should try to package some of these cards to go out and and expand my portfolio. And well, what would happen is, is I would go and talk to my friends and say, hey, what do you want for that? Uh, you know, Griffey card or A-Rod card or Jeter card, whatever. Cal Ripken was another popular one back then. Um, <laughs> and I would, they would say like, uh, I don't know, what do you have? And I would say, well, I have a shit ton of Andres Galarraga cards. And they would just kind of, the first person would say like, ah, I'm good. And then you would look to their left and the person would hear me make that offer over there. They'd say, I'm even worse. I'm, I'm, I'm even lower on Galarraga. And then, Eventually, everybody, it just winds up becoming a running joke that my friends still give me shit for to this day, uh, the Andres Galarraga phase. And I, I think that's kind of in a very different way, obviously, kind of what the Lakers are running into here with THT, where, all right, what do you have to give me here? THT, none in a first? Oh, maybe. Let me get back to you. What do you have to offer uh, for, you know, for Harrison Barnes? Instead of Jeremy Grant, well, you know, THT, none in a first? No, I think I'm all right. And then, uh, you know, Indiana, what do you want for, uh, what could you offer us for Miles Turner? Hold on, I know exactly what you're going to offer, and we are good. Uh, The Lakers find themselves in a tough spot, and that kind of lack of, complete lack of flexibility is, again, another statement into how the Lakers got here in the first place and it's going to be really difficult to dig them out of it, even while they try to do as much due diligence as they can. Still, though, Barnes is really exactly what the Lakers are looking for. And, and again, to kind of go back to a theme that we've been uh, covering when it comes to looking at the rumors and, and, and some of the whispers that are swirling around the Lakers and what they're prioritizing whether it's Grant, whether it's Barnes, whether it's Gary Trent Jr., whether it's Josh Hart, whether it's you name it, right? All of these, a lot of these names outside of Miles Turner are wings. And, you know, especially given that Trevor Ariza looks a little toasty, a little stiff, a little tin man-ish before he got the oil, uh, the, the, the Lakers clearly and desperately need a wing. We saw last night what happened when they went to Melo as much as they did. Uh, the defense just fell on its face when they needed stops. Stanley Johnson has been kind of a breath of fresh air, especially defensively. But when he is out there, there are some offensive concerns. Uh, so the Lakers need a wing, a two-way wing here. And unfortunately, those are very expensive. And the Lakers, it just doesn't seem have the assets to go out and get them. If you combine some of the sentiment around the league uh, in terms of the Lakers' attempts at trying to go out and get a wing with everything that we're hearing about Frank Vogel and then also the Lakers' inability to move Taylor Horton Tucker for the right piece, it's really starting to look like the Lakers are probably going to punt on this season. You know, they're going to give it a go. They're going to give it the good old college try. Um, and, and I, you know, maybe they don't fire Frank this year and they wait to do that in the off season. Uh, maybe they hold on to Taylor Horton Tucker and see if he can up his trade value, uh, in the postseason or something like that. And, and try to revisit some of these deals next season. Uh, whatever, whatever their inclination might be, 
it just looks like they're kind of being pushed in this direction, as frustrating as it might be to see a LeBron prime season just kind of wasted. Although, again, as Harrison and I talk about, he's not blameless there. Uh, but it, it is, at the end of the day, a prime LeBron year, kind of sort of wasted, or not even kind of sort of, just straight up wasted. And that's kind of what's on the line if the Lakers aren't able to pull off the right deal here. We also got to look behind the scenes at what went into Frank Vogel uh, benching Russell Westbrook late in the game against the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, I thought it was really interesting to see LeBron's reaction to it when he was asked about it after the game. Uh, the quote itself, I was just like, oh, you know, that makes sense. LeBron's in a bad mood and doesn't really want to answer a question that doesn't pertain directly to him. Uh, but the way that he said it and the way that he kind of responded, like, no, I don't think Russ liked that. I don't. <laughs> you've been paying attention to Russ. You think he liked that, liked being benched, um, and and it felt to me watching that like LeBron seeing himself as a superstar, seeing Russell Westbrook as a superstar. It didn't seem like he really liked that tactic from from Frank Vogel. And then you know you you come to find out uh, after the fact from Dave McMenamin of ESPN quote. Uh, long before Russell Westbrook was benched down the stretch of Wednesday's 11, uh, 111 to 104 loss to the Indiana Pacers, Los Angeles Lakers coach Frank Vogel was given assurances that the organization would support him in taking a hard line while coaching the star, sources told ESPN. Over the past week and a half, Lakers management has told the coaching staff to coach Westbrook as uh, the coaches see fit, even if that means pulling him from a game, as Vogel did for the final 3 minutes, 52 seconds of the fourth quarter against Indiana, sources told ESPN. One source close to the situation described the message from management to the staff as, you got to do what you got to do, end quote. So, uh, I mean, it's nice to finally see them kind of sort of on the same page. Uh, given all of the leaks that they've had this week, this does feel like an addition to all of the CYA and the covering your ass ing that has gone on throughout the organization. And, you know, <laughs> while it was the right move, I don't know how LeBron felt about it. And I also don't know really how the rest of the team felt about it. Like, it's one thing, if you do that in 2K, right? In the moment, in 2K, those players aren't really going to respond. They're just... You know, they're, they're fake players. But in the real world, where you have Melo there, you have LeBron there, you have Anthony Davis there, you have uh, Malik Monk is somebody who has looked up to Russ the entirety of his basketball life. And, and you know, Russ is legitimately one of the, 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 you know, most productive players of his generation, one of the greatest players, one of the most talented point guards of all time. And... I kind of wonder if everybody was kind of shell-shocked after that move. Again, not saying it was the wrong thing for Frank Vogel to do just solely in terms of basketball, but when you consider the human element of this and how everybody responds to Russ being kind of shown the door of that game, then I, I don't know how that is going to go over long-term. I don't think Frank cared because he, he probably thought, look, this is the last three minutes and 52 seconds of my Lakers tenure. I'm going to go down swinging here, and I don't think Russ can win me the game, 
we actually heard him kind of say that after the Lakers lost. And this is kind of what happens. This is exactly what happens when a coach doesn't really know his standing within the organization. And then to further that issue, this is also what it looks like when players don't really know how to respond to a coach that they know is probably one or two losses away. This is just an, again, untenable situation that the Lakers have put Frank Vogel in, that the Lakers have put the Lakers in, that everybody is in right now. And the longer that this drags out without either some vote of confidence where the Lakers come out and say, we are not firing this guy, period, or actually firing the guy, then we're all just going to be sitting here treading water or drowning or getting eaten by sharks. If we're lucky, it's faster. The newest returns on the All-Star game came out. LeBron is ahead of everybody, and I just can't get myself to care. Congratulations, LeBron. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Check out uh, check out the Lakers Lounge that Harrison and I recorded earlier yesterday. Uh, check out the hook when Aaron and I record that later today. And then uh, check out all everything that is getting broken down on SilverScoonRoll.com. A lot going on right now, a lot to keep up with. Uh, so we can all try to get through all this together. Until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.